over to YouTube now. Okay. John Sintez here, Cutter Nation Podcast. Got a special guest here, Matt Loeffler. And uh, he said it's German-Portuguese mix. I'm excited. But he runs the Instagram page, Big Island Baseball Pitching. Before we get into that, don't forget to run over to my online store. If you don't have your J-bands, your weighted balls, your anything you need to get stronger, faster, and better, feel free to kick, click on my link that's in my bio. Uh, I just updated my website recently and added my blog, which I'm starting to rant on a little bit more, like especially like mid-pants. If I see another kid with mid-pants, Greg Maddox style, I'm going to lose my shit. I thought we were 2017 and people allowing each other allowing each other to have legitimate style when you're playing ball. Um, also got my Cutter Nation apparel like every day on here. It's one of my favorite ones that came out. So, Matt, I see you got your uh, son there, right? Yes, sir. His name's Naya. Naya, what's up, man? How you doing, buddy? Say hi. Are you a lefty yet or what? I put the ball in his left hand and he immediately grabbed it. So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice, man. So give us a little story. You know, I love your Instagram page, man. Just looking at it real quick, you know, um, I think you and I are a little bit similar. We like to follow, you know, see what's going on in the uh, internet pitching community, watch what people are doing and go from there. And I wanted to get you on here as, as someone who I don't know um, personally, which is great, I think, in my opinion, to try to share some ideas and see what um, what your thoughts and interests are on which what, you know, some important things with pitching, development, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, the range of kids I work with is everyone from six years old and my oldest is about 22. I do everything. I usually work on a lot of simplifying the game. Kids that get really into the whole statistics, and everything on how to like all these different things where I try to take it back to the old school way of just simplifying the game and trying to do criteria that is being brought into the baseball world and um, especially for younger kids it's harder for them to like say you know, you're trying to teach a, a 12-year-old that, and you're like, okay, well, how am I going to teach him that when I'm teaching him all these different things, when I can just tell him two simple things, like just get your hips more, keep your arms back. Same thing without having to complicate everything that you're trying to teach him, you know? So, really like that. also like the J-band system because it does teach arm speed, so it does Controversy, I'm sure you know about right now. A lot of controversy with the weighted ball system, but I think it's just guys trying to be the one to. Uh, I want to be the guy that creates everyone to make it better when there is systems that are working, like the weighted ball system and the J band system. So I really like teaching that because I love teaching arm speed and really getting that velocity in. Yeah, that's that's you know for the people who follow me on there, I'm I'm huge into weighted balls just because of what they've done for me and how how much it cleaned up my arm path and and everything. And, and I think that the fear mongering that's going on on the internet is just so you know 
I think that if, you know, obviously if you go out cold and grab a two, three or four pound ball and throw it, not like you're supposed to, you know, something's <laughs> yeah. going to happen eventually. You know what I mean? I think it's the people that are going, not even, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say unsupervised, just not logically about going about like trying to get yourself better. You know I mean? They just uh, go into it cold. They're warm-up system or anything before that exactly yeah, yeah. It, you know and and i've had huge success with with all all my guys really you know even you know i get i get crap online all the time about seven-year-old stone weighted balls and everything and and uh, i my my argument to them is like look he's not putting you know a seven-year-old or eight-year-old i'm not putting a two-pound ball in their hand i might put a 14 ounce ball and my exactly. argument to that dad is go well when you put a football in his hand how much does that football weigh exactly so, like, if, if I'm teaching you how to throw or be an athlete or what we're doing, which a lot of people think that, you know, the stuff that I do, too, is similar to that, where it's, um, it's, it's I can go either way. I can go scientific and biomechanics and everything, but I don't like to do that because your, your average high school kid or even any kid really has so much sensory overload of all the information going on in their life that I, they don't need some Johnny nobody to come over and be like, well, when you get 18 more degrees of external rotation on your throw, your ball speed and the flight will increase your, your uh, RPMs on your baseball. Like that 12 year old kid does not need anything to do with that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I like. That's simplifying thing too. It's like, why are you trying to put all this crap into this kid's head when do what's been working and all this, this stuff and just simplifying it. Yeah, I've got I've got a 13 year old that I that I saw recently, and and his dad is really into that a lot. And we talk about that, and I try to talk to him. I'm like, hey, I know you want like, and the kid's got such a smooth motion, you know, but he's just a little. I, he's one of the common things you see when those kids from anywhere from 10 to 13, where they played so much, and, they, and the game is so easy at this smaller distance that mm -hmm. he, he at least he sees the horizon of what's going to happen as soon as this kid gets to 60, 90 he's going to need a lot more strength to be able to make that throw. And I'm, we're not even talking about throws, you know, off the mound. We're just talking about like, you know, if, if he's playing shortstop, he's got to make a 120 foot throw. That's yeah. a ball in a hole, you know? And like, can you make that throw then not make it look like a lollipop or bounce it? You know, exactly. that's yeah. where, that's where I think a lot of these kids don't throw enough. What do you think about that? Yeah. Going into that, um, I actually work, with a, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of high school kids, they're not just pitchers. Nowadays, you're seeing a lot more of kids getting into the straight PO form. Still a lot of kids that are really good pitchers that are also middle infielders or outfielders. So, hey, don't eat that. So, um, <laughs> he's in the trash can right now, so I'm trying to... So, one of my kids, he was... He was really like stuck right here like for the longest time like he's just infielder just like this and i'm like dude that's a completely different motion like when you're pitching you got to be down you got to be long you got to be up um i got him into that and then maybe like four months into it he started just chucking it and he finally got the feeling of that arm path and arm creating in the front side and everything he came up to me one day. He was like, Coach, I, I made a play in the hole today, and I threw the ball, and it went straight through the zone to the first base from shortstop. And I was like, hell yeah. He was like, that's 
I've never done that before. I was like, well, that's that arm path and getting it. Oh, that's that that arm velocity that you need to create, and it helps with pitch, being a pitcher. It helps you create your arm speed, you know, because you have to. It's one short explosion. Yeah. Uh, they're into another thing I like to preach is sprints. So baseball, all of baseball is short explosions. It's not a long distance. Boom, 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 boom. You're breathe, set, explode. When you're hitting, you're breathe, set, explode. When you're fielding, it's breathe, set, explode to the ball, field, throw the ball. You know, it's short, fast motion. Yeah. That muscles that really kids need to create. And um, it's, it's a little secret from Hawaii that I, I learned growing up is, so all my guys that are in high school, I have them throw from 65 to 70 foot bullpens. That is like creating a long toss program from the mound. In my, in my sense of the words, it's like, it's just making them throw through the zone. So I have them throwing 65 foot bullpens and then bullpen, I bring them up to 60 and they see the arm speed and the intention towards the plate even better just because it's so much further and they're throwing that intention from that far, you know, on a straight path and that downward angle, 50 or say 60, sorry, I, I was working with a young kid yesterday, but 60 and they throw, it feels, it's like, say you go from the big league mound and you go to the little league mound, you know, you're going to have boards that yeah. strike Totally agree. Totally agree. I d That's I've done that. I really like to preach to them. Yeah, I, I do what's called a, because, uh, you know, everybody, even myself, you know, I was a big nerd in college, you know, like, I, I don't know how I survived college with the, you know, I was, when Call of Duty first came out on the Xbox, like, yeah, my, our whole team, man, our whole team just getting down eight on eight, you know, and, yeah. and um, when I was in college, it was, I get these kids and how like they like to level up stuff. It was very fun to like build your stuff in it. So like I, I do a drill if you want to try it. It's it's similar to what you're doing, um, where like I had a lot of success with it um, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, where I call it a level up drill, where we move one foot at a time, doing the same thing you're doing. We start in front of 60, about like 54, and then every time they throw a strike and they hit the zone, I pull it a foot back and pulled a foot back and we got to about 71 feet yesterday with the guy and then went right back to 60 and I said all right chuck this thing as hard as you can just like you were back there at 70 feet and then the kid was completely filling up the zone you know and it's it's yeah. every kid that I've ever worked with loves like all right level up and they're like okay okay you know everybody gets that competitive nature because I want, I want kids to compete as well as you know do what they yeah. can exactly yeah I actually it's funny that you you said that was uh one of my kids was having uh, accuracy issues. So I sat on the ball and there's a little medicine ball and I sat on it and I was like, okay, hey, we're going to start in front. So I started literally, he was a nine-year-old, so it wasn't too, it wasn't too sketchy, like sitting 20 feet in front of him and he was throwing the ball like as hard as he can at me. And I was like, I want you to try to break my chest every single time. So I was sitting there and he was throwing it and then I back up, back up, back up, back yeah. up. And he was doing Boom, boom, boom. And then as I got closer, I, I, I went back, and then I went forward, and I got to, I think it's what the younger kids throw from. 46, um, I think. Yeah, something like that. 
had him right there and he was just spotting. I was like, there you go. That's the intent. So a lot of intent I like to like to preach. There's a lot of intent to the zone, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So let me ask you this. What are there any are there any techniques that you feel like uh, help some of your kids get over maybe the the uh, the biggest one of the biggest issues that I see with kids is translating the the max intent max effort to a game situation where uh-huh. you're gonna they run into you know most of the time because you know literally I'm sure you do you hear the same thing like I, we make money on just old outdated bad coaching phrases for example take a little off and throw a strike like anybody that has ever worked you know what i mean um with you know even with what we're we're doing i hear it all the time you know you hey take a little off slow down throw a strike and and my argument to that would be you know it, it's it cracks me up because if i follow the my for me the greatest world series game of all time game five this year 13 innings right if you go back and look at it there wasn't one fastball from like the seventh inning on thrown below like 94. So just everybody come and throw in cheddar. They were like, I think I looked it up. There's three or four, four pitch walks and you can see the velocity in all four pitch walks, all of them over 95. Like, yeah. so 3-0, the guy didn't, he didn't just sit back and lay it in there. No, he just tried to fix his timing and let it go. So do you have any uh-huh. drill, anything that like, any cues mentally or anything that, that you feel like that you, that you put on your, uh, on your students that, that help bring that intensity and that confidence to the game so they can try to maximize what they're doing? Yeah, I actually do um, this one. I just, I just have them really – I have them punching the glove. So what they do is they punch the glove and I'm saying, okay, so when you release that ball, if you release the ball to the glove, this. It's just release point. Like, you're not going to slow it down and try to guide it ever. Try and slow it down and guide it. When you do that, you leave it flat. You get no movement. And you just leave it right there for them. It's like serving it up, you know. But to get your hand into the glove. So it's like staying behind the ball, staying on top of the ball, and getting that arm path through the glove. So... I love what you just said right there too. Behind the ball, uh, that's like one of the biggest things like that I hear with kids too. Because you hear, you know, like saying coaching things that don't make sense if you think about it. They say stay on top of the ball, you know. And I understand what they're saying to a point, but I like what you just said so much more about behind it. That's why when I was reading some of your posts and your captions and stuff, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta have a conversation with this guy. It's, it's so awesome the internet how like you get all these people together and how like you think. You, you've heard the stuff, I've heard the stuff, and like, okay, you just process it because an authoritarian figure tells you that's why, but when you try to do it, yeah. it doesn't work out. You know, you're like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Someone says, yeah. stay on top of the ball, and instead of it should be, no, no, stay behind it because of the direction you're trying to throw yeah. it. Great, great thing. I love that. I love that. A lot a lot of things that I, I'm, I'm going to get into that really good right now because that's what a lot of kids are taught nowadays. They're taught, they're taught by these Joe Schmoes that don't know what they're talking about. They're just hearing these things over and over again. They're like, okay, stay tall. And when they say stay tall, what do they mean? Like I teach all my kids to, whenever a coach tells you something, ask him what he means. So if he tells you to stay tall, most of the kids are going to go here and they're going to try and stay tall with their body. 
when it really all it means is to stay tall in your back leg. It doesn't mean to stay tall in your whole body, all in your back leg and not collapse and shoot any energy out. You want to shoot every energy towards the plate. Another thing you could do would be on top of the ball. When they say on top of the ball, do they mean on top of the ball? They don't. They just want you to get your fingers to get a little bit more on top of the ball so you can get that backspin even more. Then again, a lot of kids go like this and they go too much on top of the ball and they don't stay behind it or they end up hooking it. So what I preach is just get the tip of your fingers on the top of the ball so you stay behind it. So these kids are like, oh, my coach is telling me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, coaches are like, oh, stay on the top of the ball. I'm like, no. So here, hooking, and you're going to end up throwing like a crack block, you know? And you really want to stay behind it and get your two fingers just pointed, just a little bit pressure on top of the ball. Another thing is a lot of guys are like, okay, so if you're trying to go to the outside of the plate, you're going to pull your shoulder this way. It's like, no. You want to keep your arm path and you want to keep your hips towards where you're going so it's that intent it's not you don't have to change anything to go to that side of the plate all you have to do is really go to that side of the plate and no hitter i was just having a conversation with this guy that played for the white Sox yesterday he was like yeah the one thing that changed me when i was in the pros was that i would try to go straight every time and i would try to work my way this way this way this way this way with my hand and then finally, my pitching coach was like, hey, why don't you just go to that side of the plate? You know, it's like no hitter can pick up where your foot's going. You know, if a hitter picks up your foot where it's going this much, they're not looking at the right spot and they're not even going to hit the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. I yeah. tell people that all the time. Like people talk about like how if you put the ball behind your butt, you know, where people are just talking about so much about hip to shoulder separation and they're talking uh -huh. about, oh, you're going to give your pitch away. And I was like, you tell that to Pedro Martinez, Araldis Chapman, all these guys who throw cheese, and every one of them, the ball goes behind their butt. You know, it's, it's so funny. Like, I don't understand how we don't try to teach the kids what they're doing in the pros. And your only argument is that that's what they do in the big leagues. I'm like, well, that not that what we should be teaching? Like, if you're watching what these guys are doing in the big leagues, that's what we should be teaching these guys. You know, obviously there's – isolated yeah. cases where maybe this guy's done this forever and it doesn't work but a majority of the time those guys do stuff because it works for them so trying to find that one thing that helps the guy get out front or you know something in that mindset like or even like you're saying you know driving you know i even for even myself you know i for what i'm kind of been moving through everything and things that i like that work for me that's where i try to put myself in that kid situation or for what, you know, I try to try anything that I see new online, like you, the drill that you posted recently with the band, you know, the J-band connect to the foot. I had just done that like a day before because I had a kid that I had two kids unlock their velo just on try to, instead of thinking back leg and being strong, trying to think front, front foot pull. And that front foot pull right. really just opened up their hips and everything got them rotating faster. And so I was like, you know what, I want to train this. And it was crazy. I was like, you know, it wasn't that I had just thought of it or something like that, but it was just so funny how in the same day that I hadn't even uploaded yeah. videos or anything yet, you post that video. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. I, I love seeing 
you know, I was like, there's another guy that's like, that gets it, you know, like we're training people, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, you, sometimes you got to throw stuff up against the wall with a guy until it sticks, you know, until you can mm-hmm. figure out what that mental cue is to try to get him to go all the way through it. So yeah, yeah that's, that's great stuff. If you guys yeah, haven't seen that, that, go on the Instagram was, page and check it out. I was, I was just thinking, I was like, Hey, I need a, I need to make something that I can hook up to. Started it. I was like, "Hey, I want them to stay back." So I was like, "I'm gonna try it on their back leg," and it wasn't working. They were just going like this, and I was like, "Ah, you know, it's trial and trial and error. You like, you try some stuff, doesn't work." And I was putting it on their back leg just to keep them back, letting that front side get out. And I was like, "Okay, well, how am I gonna let that front side get out with keeping their body back?" So I was like, "I'm gonna put bands on the front leg." So I was like, "Hell yeah!" So I let them do that, and all of a sudden. It opened up their hips, everything, and I was like, damn, right there. Yeah. So my initial intent was for it to get them to stay back and let that front foot get out first before it plants to that point of right when you're about to plant, the feeling of your hips wanting to come forward, that's when you stick that foot into the ground and then you explode forward. So that's what the intent was for that. What are you doing? You got to check out. Um, so speaking of that, uh, there's a page that I really like right now that, that that just I don't know who it is, but I'm definitely going to try to contact him. It's um, called pitcher underscore philosophy. Um, uh-huh. You need to check that guy out because same kind of thing. Like he's like, hey, can we stop doing this or or start putting, you know, let's. He's the, he's the one that kind of I wouldn't say he changed the way I was thinking about how we go about getting down the mound, but it definitely was interesting what, when I tried it on myself and tried it on some other guys, how much easier it was to get that front side and unlock that hip rotation like you were just talking about. And you need to go out, you go, go read some of his stuff because it makes sense on what he's yeah. trying to say because it, for me, it just felt really easy. The, the only, you know, just like anybody that how these people – anybody could make a case and find an isolated pitcher and like prove their argument. You know what I mean? So at least, at least for what I was doing, I just liked what the, the videos and, and information he puts out is, it's just, you know, it's a different way of thinking about stuff, but I like what he puts into it. You know, it's, it's definitely interesting and, and makes, makes sense at least for, for what he's pushing out. You know, obviously I've got some different ideas about some other things, but it, it just, it really, it, it makes sense. I just like how everybody's trying to be transparent on stuff these days when pushing like, Hey, like, like, why are we like this guy for the same example? He, he even had a post where he's like, why are we not trying to train these, these younger guys like they do in the big leagues? I mean, I don't know if you, you know, I, I played uh, four years down in, in Mexico and played with a lot of Latin guys. And, and I remember specifically, I don't remember his name, but I remember this one, one guy that I played with, he had three kids. Um, his oldest was like 16 and a 16 year old was already throwing 94. And then he had his 12 year old who was already throwing 88. And then it's like, I'm like, what, like, what are you doing? And he's like, dude, we, they, you know, he's like, we long toss softballs and the softballs have nails puncher, you know, uh, in them. Cause the softball is only six and a half ounces. And, um, we, he's like, we like the long toss basically at eight or nine ounce ball. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like even at 10. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah. it, it just, it, it, he goes, it makes it like, it, it's what we do. It's we've done it forever, you know? And so it's just so funny how this whole weighted ball thing, and even how I use weighted balls and I use them with my clients, like some days I will use it as like a power day, but going into January and February right now, everything's just to warm up. Like it's to, 
it's to get the body unlocked and loosened up, ready to go, mm -hmm. so we can get exactly. real, and that's, real work that's all out of everything. Guys, it's most of the so they're starting to get into season. All I use it for is the warm up right now. It's just really getting that warm up, and then from there, maybe three or four different drills, like depending on their arm that day. Drills with the weighted ball stuff, and then from there they get into step behinds, and they really work on getting, getting that that um that uh, that intent towards the plate and just staying in their legs and then from there they're warmed up you know by the time they're doing and they're doing their step behinds they're already super warm because they did all the bands they did the trampoline stuff they did the plyo balls they did the, the weighted ball stuff and they're ready to go and so i have a full it's usually a full hour session first 15 minutes is just a warm-up so they come early too so they can get a 20 minute warm-up so it's like a big warm-up about a 30 minute pen and then they do a 15 minute cool down so that's another thing there's a lot of pitchers nowadays they don't they forget to do the cool down especially guys with with um um pitching lessons you know usually pitching lessons they're like this guy's done with his bullpen you're out of here on to the next guy if my lesson goes longer than an hour, I don't care. I'm setting the time, so I'm I'm putting in all this effort to you're going to stay here and do your cool down until I tell you to leave, you know? It's not like, oh, my hour's up, though, coach. Nope. Keep going until you're finished. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. What um, – let me ask you this. What – do you have, like, a particular post-throwing that uh, – like, just – you don't have to go into the details of it, but like, what exactly, like, what are your cool down uh, um, exercises? You know, do you do bands? Do you do reverse throws? Um, yeah. And, and then, of, yeah, go ahead. Of, just like that. It's a lot of bands, a lot of um, reverse, and a lot of everything. I try to do whatever they did in the beginning. So the 15 minutes warm up, I try to do as much as I can to a point where it's kind of hard to do some stuff backwards, but I try to do it backwards that decelerator to strengthen that decelerator so i do everything backwards so a lot of backward tosses again arm stabilizing where they're stopping the ball on the trampoline um band work you know band work is the best thing and then i have them do treadmill in my facility so i have them do uh sprints so a lot of kids they're doing 90 foot sprints but they're really only sprinting for 60 feet that warm up and then they sprint and then they cool down at 90, you know, Yeah. compared to 10 second sprint where the jog. And then once I say go, it's 10 seconds of straight sprinting and then they jog again and they get another 10 seconds and then 10 of those, which really helps up and keep them, keep them going compared to where if they're doing a sprint on a field, they have limited space, so they can't really sprint for 10 seconds, you know, unless they're sprinting poles, which is what I did. I just do jog sprint poles. Like those were the best. Yeah. I, I like those too. I would do um, left center to right center and then right center to left center when I was playing. That's the same thing that I would do. It would be like a, a jog to, to get to maybe 50% or so, and then, and then try to sprint from there from right center to left center and then jog again. Yeah, that's, I, I like that. I wish I had a, you know, a treadmill in the facility too, but I, I'm the same way. I've got the post stuff, you know, and, and even then, like yesterday I broke out the ladder 
and and wanted to do more agility stuff where they did uh, a ladder drill oh a ladder a ladder drill into the into the zigzag uh, cone drills and then followed by a straight sprint so yeah that's yeah. good stuff okay then, yeah go ahead. okay go on sorry no no that was it go ahead okay um going into the ladder drills I also have a sick um, warm up drill with the ladders I don't know if you've seen it before but it's uh it's uh so they do the ladders with their feet and then from there they do the same ladder exercises with their hands so oh, okay like in and outs like that and then yeah. that's a really good warm-up i found Dang it, nice. yeah i think that that brings like one of the biggest things that i think so obviously we have strength and muscle development that is that a lot of these kids are are missing out on but I also think that the, you know, just the general stability of the body is, is one of the biggest weaknesses of these kids. And I think that that's why I like the ladder drill and a lot of these change of direction things, because it makes, you know, the, the more you, when you follow, you know, a lot of these guys online, really, I think the big picture that a lot of these people are missing, if you're, if you're going to generalize it, is, is you want to be the best athlete you can be. You know, as you know, the joke running around, you probably heard, you know, I heard all the time when I was in college is pitchers aren't athletes, you know, this and that, you know, all you do is just throw. But meanwhile, you know, if you think about how you're training, you're trying to be the most explosive change in direction, rotational uh, pitcher that you can. And then the more that you can be with the your. So I've, I've seen where there's a couple uh, new stretches and stuff that I found um, that, that I tried to apply from a couple of these yoga poses um, that I'll, I'll show you after that, that uh, I haven't, I haven't, I don't want to put it out yet too, because I haven't quite mastered the feeling of it yet without, you know, some manual manipulation, but um, it's just basically a lunge finishing rotation, but the, the end of your uh, rotational degree is what I, you know, I've seen, with some of these guys uh, that are, are staying healthy. Um, I think, let me look this up because I don't wanna be wrong on it, but I wanna say, I started looking at some of these guys, um, for example, like Josh Beckett, one of my favorite mm -hmm. pitchers of all time. Um, and I just looking at his innings and his career and you know, looking at his baseball reference, you know, the guy, God, I mean, he just played for so long. I mean, look, 2001 to 2014. And, you know, I want to say he was top, you know, huge number in innings until his body just started wearing down. You could see that his, you know, he's got, let's see, one, two, I'm seeing three, three innings over 200 and then like a bunch right at 180, you know, where he was being controlled with Boston and Florida. But you can, I remember this guy and you can just look, there's no way you go from 21 to 34 without doing something right. And I remember seeing an interview and they were talking about what he did. And he was just talking about like, as soon as the season was over, you know, he would go the next day, he'd start long tossing, trying to rebuild his body and his arm. And, you know, yeah. He really just worked into the the throwing year round, which, you know, was a huge debate on stuff, especially with, you know, you see, I, I don't know about you, but every time I see an article, there's a doctor commenting on the baseball world and how, you know, these kids are, are playing too much and this and that. I'm like, okay, first of all, 
you've probably never played the game. Let's just establish that. So I don't know why you're even commenting, except for the fact that I understand that you're seeing all these arm injuries and these things are going. And like, I get it that, you know, you want to do surgery and you make money on doing surgery and everything like that. But, you know, it, it just goes back to like, why did, you know, most of these kids don't need to have surgery. So it's an extreme case, but most of them are all so underdeveloped because they go to practice. And I think that the practice is what's developing instead of understanding what really developing is, which is strengthening your entire body, you know? And so it just, it bothers the shit out of me when, when we don't apply logic to, you know, like I said, let's do what they do in the big leagues. If they throw year round and there's studies that have done about people who are sprinters and you got CrossFit, which is huge now, how come they can do all this stuff and train year round and do all this stuff, but apparently throwing a baseball, which in my opinion should never hurt after all the stuff that I've learned, it, it, but then you have yeah. these 10 through 12 year olds who play what, nine games in a weekend and like, of course your arm's going to hurt. You aren't set up to play. Nobody said to play yeah. nine games in a weekend, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely a big person on throwing year-round. I mean, baseball is the sport, the only sport that you can, can't, well, you can't take a certain amount of time off. Say you don't play football for three months. You go out there, you can throw a dime. You can still catch ball. You can still run and catch ball. You play basketball, you haven't played, you eating play version. <laughs> you play three months you can go out there and you can still shoot switches like nothing you know you don't play baseball for three months and you try to pick up a baseball and throw exactly how you threw three months ago something's going to be different you know it's not going to be the same it's just training that arm path and that arm all those little muscles so it's all those little muscles the only time someone should take time off is when they're injured so if they're injured then you take time off go back into it and then you never stop you don't stop so it's like if you're just like you said like crossfit and weight training once they get to say 400 pounds squats they're not going to stop there you know they're not going to reach that potential and be like okay now i'm gonna 200 pound squats you know as a as a olympic trainer they're going to keep building off of that you know they're going to keep doing the same thing that they're doing year round compared to well, I'm just going to stop here and try to lift 400 pounds again. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the, the lack of logic and like understanding of, and, and stuff is, you know, the information's out there, but I can totally see how if, you know, Joe Schmo dad is running into an issue because he is, you know, he's on the internet and he's reading a million different articles instead of, you know, yeah. trying to assess what his his kids, you know, strength and 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 potential level is. You know, I mean, you know, I think with with year round throwing, you need year round training and year round understanding of you know how your kid feels. And you know, everybody wants their kid to make it to the big leagues, and and just getting that potential and understanding what game you're playing, I believe, is the best easiest way to really understand if what and you know don't limit the kid you know he's not going to be a big leaguer at 12 and right. playing, a, playing a nine game tournament in a weekend and winning that tournament and putting that trophy that after a year is going to collect dust that's not going to help that trophy's not helping that kid make it to the big league you know 
Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of like I had I had an issue with maybe three months ago where um he was playing in the tournament just like you said and he played like six games and he pitched four of them. Mm. And it was like and I was like, Okay, like are you sure you wanna do this? Like you're it's during summer, I get it. Give your body a chance to rest and then go back into it. You know, don't so a lot of the problem with the coaches nowadays is they try to put pitchers in, thing. But this guy did good yesterday. Let's put him in again. It's like no, you gotta. It's like when in the big leagues have you seen oh, throw a six to seven inning game and then the next day throw three to four innings? Yeah. No. You see him long tossing out there. You see him running. You see him sitting in the dugout with his jacket on. Even if it's hot out, he has his jacket on. All pitchers have their jackets on, even when it's hot. You know, a lot of kids, they're like, oh, well, I threw yesterday. I feel good. And the coach is like, how do you feel today? It's like, oh, I feel good. I feel good because they all want to play. They all want to compete. They all want to win. So they're going to be like, yeah, put me in, you know, and not knowing that the coach is really just going to hurt the kid. So that's yeah, what totally we agree. Totally agree. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the big issues that I like. A lot of the kids that I work with, I I try to educate the parents on the same thing. And they look, if little Johnny throws more than one inning on Saturday, it is not conducive for him the next day to start and throw eight innings. You know, like exactly. And people are like, no, well, it depends on the pitch count and this and that. I'm like, no, but twelve year old tournament does not make you get to college. Let's just look at the big thing. Like, let's let's look at this. Like, like if I go out or, or, or even go the other way, like, let's go the other way where I got a kid messaging me and he's going, I threw a 10 pitch bullpen to get ready for my season. And I'm like, what? 10 pitches. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you, did you get better? Well, my coach said, we're trying to build into it. So next time we're going to do 15. I'm like, first of all, let's just talk about this. Did you even break a sweat? Like, 10 pitches, like I'm 10 pitches. What were they all just max effort? How did you feel? Like, could you have gone more? Yeah, I definitely could have gone more, but my coach didn't want to break the threshold. I'm like, so are you throwing a bullpen the next day? No, we, I have four days off. All right. I think you just wasted your time personally. Like if I, first of all, I hate bullpens because they're like, it's, there's no competitive nature. There's no, there's no, I'm just competing against myself to a point, but there's not a batter trying to battle me, you know? And so like, exactly. I, I even myself like I you know I'm I'm done playing I think I'm not 100% sure but in the same sense like I at least go down on Sundays and pitch down in Tijuana and are able to face batters for five six seven innings and able to just compete and 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 enjoy the competition against somebody you know which is fun but it's a whole different thing when you're just throwing bullpens throwing bullpens which I'm sure you're used to it too. Like there, you know, there's a couple ways you can create a competitive environment in a, you know, in a, in a lesson situation, but it doesn't, it barely matches what really is going on when the lights are on, you know, what I call. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, every single one of my bullpens I have. And starting off, like before season, I have 50 in each bucket. So I have kids 75% fastball. So they're throwing, 75% of them are fastballs, including their warm-up ones. So, off-speeds, you know, another thing is people are like, oh, well, we're, gonna, we're not going to throw curveballs for the first half of the season. It's like, 
why don't you just limit the curveballs? You know, why don't you correct how to throw a curveball correctly, and instead of throw less curveballs and not not even throw them at all, and then by the time season comes around, okay, now we're gonna throw ten curveballs during the bullpen, but they put them in the game and their curveballs working. How much curveballs does that coach call for them? Yeah, he's just he's just chucking deuces all day. He, yeah, he's like he just bring it up. Let me throw a fastball here and there, you know. So yeah. what I do is I'll have I'll have them throw like even like the high school kids I work with. They're they're like we're not throwing uh, curveballs yet. I was like, well, why don't you guys just limit them? You know, throw about instead of so if you have a thirty pitch bullpen, well, why not throw seven curveballs? You know, try to get yeah. that feel for it and throw it correctly compared to letting your elbow lead and then extending and then feeling all that tension in your elbow when you can just work on staying in and getting that curve feeling and just minimizing it. Then you can work up to really snapping it off and then say they're throwing, oh, we're going to throw curveballs at 75% and then game time we're going to throw it at 100% and we're going to fucking get hurt, you know? Yeah. That's basically what they're telling them. Yeah, I totally agree. I used to hate that in college where we'd be like, all right, we're going to go fastballs only. And then we'd face, we do live VP and then we do fastball changeup. And I'm like, dude, I don't have my whole yeah. arsenal, you know? And you, you just feel, you feel vulnerable and exposed that you can't go out. I, I totally agree. Like I do the same thing with my kids when we're trying to work on this stuff and we're, we're trying to do everything we can. So to, to make ourselves better as a pitcher and even for, you know, I don't know how you do your sequences, but like we go out, I have my guys try to practice their sequence when they're doing the stuff that's still, stuff that's actually applicable instead of being like fastball away, fastball in curveball for a strike. Like I'm trying to get guys to play tunnels on purpose from the beginning. Like why do we throw inside? Like that whole conversation never gets had. It's just, Oh, because we have to throw inside because guys can't get extended. Well, if that's the case, if you, you know, I get it that you have to throw inside, is it more that you have to throw inside or is it the fact that you need to change speed and change location and keep this guy guessing? You know, if you, if exactly. you come out and go fastball what away, fastball away. Guys, yeah. What about the guys that like the inside pitch? You know, what about the guys that their hot spot is the inside pitch? You're, you, every batter's different. Every pitcher's different. You know, like some people have a harder fastball. That way you can go inside on the guys with the slower bat. Like there's also the scouting report. You got to look at the guys like, Oh, well this guy's like, okay, we're going to go, Fastballs away, fastballs inside. When you can have an intent to a certain batter, like okay, well we're gonna go fastball inside on this guy because he has a slow hand. You know? So compared to oh, we're just gonna go here, 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 here. So yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if there's some guys that honestly, you know, you I've, you see it all the time. People are like you gotta throw inside. And, you know, maybe that guy, when he throws inside, can't quite get the ball down or doesn't know where to start it or even, you know, even even better, like you were saying before. Some guys, like, the first time I saw a Venezuelan dude step in the bucket for what I thought was wrong on purpose and then launch a ball, I went, wait, these guys are playing a different game. Like, that, you see an American dude step in the bucket, everybody's going, whoa, 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 you can't do that. That's, that's terrible. That's awful. Meanwhile, I end up playing with this Venezuelan guy, and he's like, yeah, I do it all the time. People always try to cheat in. I'm a lefty. Everybody wants to come inside on me. That's what, that's what the Mexicans do down here. And I just step in the bucket and rip it off the wall. I'm like, 
Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that, that totally makes sense now, you know, and you, you go back and watch videos like Manny Ramirez, uh, Hanley, Miguel Cabrera and people are like, no, 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 you got to stay close. You got to stay close. And it's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Like if you got to stay close, like I remember Cal Ripken talking about literally talking about Miguel Cabrera about how you have to stay close. You have to stay close. And he literally like steps in the bucket and then hits a home run to right because he keeps his hands back and he completely modified his language in his like whole <laughs> diagnosis. He's like, look how Miguel Cabrera stays close. And I'm like, dude, his front foot is pointing at the shortstop. And just because he's strong and flexible, everything stays there. And then he basically flicks it. And because you're using big league wood and big league baseball and this pitcher is throwing 97 and it runs over the middle of the plate, it's not even outside black like it should have been. Basically perfect storm. And he just caught it on the barrel and it went out. You know, people are like, he's the best oppo hitter. I'm like, I don't think he tries to go with oppo as you guys think he does. I think that he just yeah. tries to swing and stay through it. And when he stays through it, because he has good barrel lag, it creates that spin and then it fades to right. It doesn't drive to right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that feeling too. I love seeing uh, guys just just rip a guy and then all of a sudden once they just do something right with the complete opposite theory, it's just like, business wise, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny too. Like uh, that, that take the other side of it. You know, with what you were just saying, like the pitching side. Where um, I remember we were playing in Yuma when I was playing last year in winter ball with with um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we were playing in Yuma, and and uh, I actually got to see for the first time in front of me guys who came from the driveline facility that were at this thing trying to get jobs and pitch against us. And and I really love the intent, right? And we're watching these guys throw. And I, I know my team. I've been watching these Mexican veteran dudes. Like, we're talking 35 years old plus that do yeah. not care how hard you throw. They don't care. And I remember this exactly. one dude. I don't know his name. And this guy gets up, and he's warming up, and he's chucking. He's, I'm like, dang. I'm like, this dude's throwing hard. And I'm watching him. And he was like 93 to 96. And he gave up three first pitch doubles on just <laughs> cheddar balls down in the zone. And our – big dudes are just like, okay, cool, man. You're going to throw a first pitch fastball. Like, cool. And I'll never forget. We had a guy, he's 38. His, his name's Saul Soto. He's 6'4", 240 Mexican dude, and, and he's 38 years old. And he swings a 37-inch bat, and he does not care how fast you throw it. And he hit a ball to center field where we, we – like, center field was deep. We have no idea how deep it was. But for sure it was at least 475 to center field because it was, like, on a soccer field. Yeah. And he burnt the center fielder on this ball. And I remember looking around the dugout and everybody, we were like, that ball was tatered. Like, he absolutely got through that thing. And everybody was like, that's one of the farthest baseballs I've ever seen hit that did not go out, didn't go anywhere. You know, and the center fielder playing probably playing normal depth, you know, and he got a stand-up double. But I was like, golly. And the, the more I watched it, like, the same thing. I saw a guy come in throwing 100 miles an hour and give up two home runs in a row yeah. where it was like, and just if the ball's up and they know it's coming, it's just merely, a, a, a we're just trying to catch it. Like, go ahead, man. Yeah. Just keep chucking cheese balls because eventually we're going to find that timing, you know? For sure. All right, man. Well, you yeah, know what? I don't want to keep you too long. Do you got any questions for me on anything? 
Uh, no, not really. I just have uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, tell you about. It's called um, S. It's Target Recruit System. I don't know if you saw on my page. I just added a little picture on it, but um, just go check it out. Instagram. It's it's um. So what it is? It's uh. So all these kids are going to all these showcases. Okay, they're going to like UCLA, USC these big name showcases big name camps and say they don't have the criteria to get in there you know they're just paying all this money to get into these big camps when um does is it trains you on all the things that you need to do to get better but it also puts you in categories where say you're a 12 year old and like this is where your your colleges would be set up for so what it does is it also sets up um it sets up a testing thing where uh it tests all your like the radars it tests your your 40 speed bat speed and then they have this new ball that's um that's being uh sponsored by them where it tests your your spin rotation and your velocity in it too what this system does is it instead of like um, the way it was explained to me was, um, so say you go to a showcase, right? And there's all these colleges there and they're looking for a Toyota, for a Toyota. And they get Mazdas, Hondas, Toyotas, and then they get Chevys. They get all these different cars, Toyota, and there's like three Toyotas. So they have three Toyotas to pick from, okay? What this does is it puts all these kids into showcases where all Toyotas, so the the colleges that come to these showcases are looking for Toyotas. They're Toyotas. So they know that what they're going into is a bunch of Toyotas. Now, all they got to pick is their driver. It eliminates all the... And then the kids that are not Toyotas are getting left out. You know, they're going to paying all this big money to go to these showcases. And they're getting left out because they're not the right car, you know? Yeah. Where... Say they're they're a Honda and they're at a freaking Ferrari showcase when they can go to a Honda showcase and then all these different schools will pick them up because they are the car that they're looking for. So it's really cool. I really like it. It's gonna blow up pretty quick. It's actually from the San Diego side. What uh what's it called again? It it cut out. TRS Target Recruit System. TRS, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And then um yeah, my friend He's a longtime friend. He played uh, played some junior college ball at Hill, um, and then uh, he went somewhere else after that. But he actually coached at Cuesta State last year. But he he's a San Diego native. But he actually uh, about maybe this last year. But it's gonna blow up and it's gonna be really good. But I'd like to get in with you on it and just really talk to you more about that later on but and it really will help out kids that need that want to play like continue to play and they're not getting the right opportunities by the right schools so yeah, yeah. that's kind of kind of like what i what i preach to everybody too is like you got to know what game you're playing if you don't know what yeah. game you're playing and able to be honest with your eval it's you know that's why i think like understanding how fast you're throwing or or how fast the ball's coming off the bat or how fast you're running and training the tool side of stuff and, mm -hmm. and not so much worried about hitting, like I tell people all the time, like honestly, nobody cares if you hit 500 for the weekend. Nobody cares. Because if you have 
if you're five or 10 with five singles, like they don't care. They just don't, nobody, nobody, like nobody looks at your batting average. You know, they, they look at your doubles, your home runs, like the dominate, the dominating stats of the game. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. So, yeah, all right, Matt, we'll sure. tell everybody where they can find you. Like, where's your, how can they connect? What's your, what's your deal? And then we'll sign off from here. Um, so you can find me on my Instagram. It's Big Island Baseball uh, underscore Pitching Academy. I think it's underscore. It might not be. Don't quote me. But it's um, on there. Everything's on there. If anything, just look for Big Island Baseball. And then uh, I will be having a website made soon. The information's in there. We're also going to be doing camps from New Mexico. It's located in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So we're in New Mexico State. Um and then we'll also be doing camps in Arizona side and Colorado side, maybe even California soon. Island baseball, but I know they are doing camps already with the TRS system in uh, the California side. Um, but yeah, that's the, the information right there. Okay. Well, Matt, dude, it was a, it was a pleasure, man. I, you know, it's like I said, it's always nice to meet new people that understand like development and the baseball side and the struggle of of like dealing with this stuff in, 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 in the baseball world, as well as the internet baseball world. So I appreciate it. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. I've got a good idea about, I want to get a bunch of these guys like you and some of the other guys that I've had on here all together in one big round table and just talk some of these ideas and, and, and just see, you know, use it as a community resource for people that, you know, or follow the show and understand everything from there. So, Thanks again. I appreciate it. Go check him out. Big Island underscore pitching on Instagram. DM him, he said. Uh, and then check out, it's uh, it's called Target Recruitment System, correct? Yeah, Target Recruit System. Yeah, Target Recruit System. He's going to have his information on Instagram from there. I'll put also the link in, in the description of this video on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Like it. Go follow him on uh, Big Island underscore pitching. And uh, if you guys got anything else, let us know. Don't forget, check out hats, shirts, J-bands, weighted balls, um, flush bands, PowerCore 360, anything you need, all on my website, plus the vlog, and I will be ranting on there soon. One more thing, say hi to the little guy right there. He's, he's the, the future pitcher right there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty excited about the phone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. Get the lefties going, so. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You guys don't forget, throw hard. All right.